Hola, hola. It's your girl Erica from America. Welcome to the Confidence Chronicles podcast. This podcast is all about helping you stand in who you are. Stop giving a fuck what people think about you. Start standing as your fully expressed self. As you are, queen, as is, there is no filter needed. You are fucking awesome. And I am here to remind you. I'm a confidence coach, a business mentor, a speaker, an author, and I am obsessed with women standing up, showing up, and creating their confidence. And I cannot wait to dig into today's episode with you. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Today's episode is a big one. I want to acknowledge every single parent, every single mother who has come up to me at an event or who has messaged me on Instagram or sent me an email or women in my programs that work with me and are really conscious about the future of their teens, about the current reality of their teenagers, boys, girls, everybody, whatever's going on for their children. I really want to acknowledge you because I myself don't have teenagers. So that's just a little caveat before we start today. But I do have two boys. I have been a teenager and I have a lot of young women who I end up working with in charities. I end up seeing because my clients come to my events and they bring their daughters along to our sisterhood days. So I am around young women and teenagers quite a bit. And so the funny thing is that for some weird reason, I think it's because I say bad words because <laughs> I swear I'm like the cool auntie. The young women love me. They speak to me. They share with me. They feel like what I what I say and my messaging is resonating with them. I'm not coming across like uh, trying to parent anyone. I feel like they feel seen. They feel heard. They feel like it's fun. They, I'm raw and real and I'm speaking some truth. And so I wanted to record this episode for those of you out there who may be struggling with your teens right now uh, and you're wishing that you could support them to create more self-confidence to believe in themselves more, to not seek validation so much, to be careful on the internet, especially TikTok and Instagram and all the social media, Snapchat and all that jazz, to maybe be more connected to you. You want to feel more connected to them. This podcast is for you. And what I want to say about this is it is I'm not a teen mother. So I don't I don't have a teenager. I don't have a daughter. I've been a daughter. I've been a teenager, but I don't have one. So as I'm sharing this with you, it's just insights from a coach, from a therapist, uh, from a coach who works with women, who sees women who have daughters. Um, that's just insights. This may not work for you, but I'm hoping that some of the things that we uncover and that we discuss in this episode support you to support the teens in your life. Um, it's a wild time. Let's just go ahead and start with that. It's such a wild time. You know, I can't imagine. I mean, high school is hard enough. High school was hard for everyone. Even the cool kids, I think high school is a hard time when we get puberty and we get our periods and we start experiencing liking boys or girls or people and we start feeling our body starts changing and our hormones and all the things. Then you got studying and exams and you want to do well and then there's cute kids and then you got to go to dances and prom and body changes and there's so much. Mean girls, all that. Now, I want you to throw in social media into the mix. I want you to imagine high school plus Instagram. Like to me, I, ca I catch this deep empathy just saying that. Just imagining myself as a teenager while Instagram is a thing, TikTok is a thing, and I'm going to class, I'm going to school, in high school. It's rough. 
You know, I think that people, old people always say like the good old days. And, you know, I love innovation and I love the, the AI and the tools and, and social media. I love it. I use it for my business. I use it to connect with you. I, I love it. But I do think that there are some things that have happened that have made it more difficult for the young people. They moved through the pandemic and they lost two years of school, two years of their childhood, two years of their adolescence. Um, being locked down at home, that changes the landscape for schooling and the way they feel about themselves. And now we have social media. And I don't know about you, but I never got taught on how to use Instagram. I didn't get told who to follow, who not to follow. This is how you use it. This is what for your mental health. There's no mental health guide on social media. And there really should be. And I am going to do a podcast for teens to listen to. It'll be for your teenagers, for the girls, because I do serve women. I don't know what young boys are going through. So I can't speak to that. But I will soon know, won't I? Because I got two boys. <laughs> but I want to do a podcast for your teens. So if you have teenagers and they like people who swear and podcasts about confidence, I'll let you know when that one comes out and you can just play that. So in this one, though, I think that one of the big things is we need empathy. I want you to come across with some compassion. Can you imagine how difficult life would have been for us with a phone in our hand, with TikTok, with Instagram, with Snapchat, with Reels, with all the filters and all the things and all the dancing and everything being publicized, like everything now is videoed. So maybe you got beat up. I used to be the one beating people up. I had a lot of trauma I was dealing with, so no judgment, but I was tripping in high school. And so somebody would have recorded me beating someone up. That would have been on video on the internet forever. There's a lot that they are dealing with. So number one, I want you to come into this with some empathy and some compassion for how they may feel. We don't know. We can't say we know. We didn't go through that. We had different challenges. This is a whole new world. And to them, they know nothing else. They don't know that this isn't normal. They don't know that this is hard. This is hard because they, they just walked into it. So that's number one. Number two, and you're not going to like this. Nobody likes this when I say this. But if you want to create confident kids, if you want your children to be confident, to believe in themselves, to have self-love, to have uh, this beautiful internal drive and belief of who they are, this encouragement, this motivation of self and owning who they are and speaking out and having self-confidence and believing in themselves and having high worthiness and being able to speak up for themselves and, and not put up with anybody's shit. If you want your kids to have that, you need to be honest. Do you have that? Do you have that? Are you confident? Do you own who you are? Do you speak your truth? Are you modeling that? Basically, are you the example of self-confidence? Are you the example of boundaried up? Are you the example of speaking your truth and justice and sharing what you mean and saying what you want to say and being who you want to be out there in the world fully expressed? Are you the example of that? And no shade if you're not, okay? But it is going to be really difficult for you to tell your kid what they should do and you're not willing to do it or you are not doing it. Your kid is going to be like, what do you know about that? You're not doing that. Why don't you do that? And they might not say that, but our kids are smart. Kids are really savvy. My son, my five-year-old started biting his nails and picking his nails. And doing, When I don't have my claws on, which is for three weeks, I've taken them off so I could be moving and unpacking. And what am I doing? I am picking my nails. I don't even realize it. He's doing, he's modeling my behavior. Something happened for him and he's biting his nails. He's picking his nails, whatever. And I'm like, Nada, stop doing that. And then as soon as I tell him, I go to my nails and he's like, mommy. And I'm like, oh my God, 
You're five years old. How do you know this stuff? They watch us. Your kids will not listen to what you say. They will model who you are being. They are going to repeat who you're being, not what you're saying. Because we know it's like, don't do what I say, say what I do, or don't do as I say, say as I do, some shit like that. Our kids see that. So we have to have this deep level of self-integrity. All the mothers that message me on Instagram, they're like, how do I help my daughter have more confidence? How do I help my daughter stop looking to the sidelines and trying to seek validation from men? How do I help my daughters to stop people pleasing? And my first hit back, and I don't hear back from some of them because they don't like it. I'm like, well, do you people please? Do you feel confident in yourself? Are you seeking validation? What's your relationship like with yourself? Because our kids watch. I know we don't like to hear it. And I mean, no disrespect. I love you. But the truth of the matter is you be confident. You show your child what a confident mother, what a confident woman looks like. Show them by living the example. Don't talk about it. Be about it. Don't say what you're going to just do that shit. Your kids will see it. They will see who you're being. And it leads me to the next thing. If you're not doing that, what are you going to do about it? Join the sisterhood, get a life coach, have a session with a therapist, go heal that stuff, go work through your abandonment issues, go work through the fact that you pull away when you get upset or draw back or scream and shout and yell and throw shit. Look at that stuff. If you're not willing to start with yourself, everything starts with us. And it sucks to hear that. It's not fun to hear that. I get it. I understand. My anger issues, I would have passed them down to my children. The other day, my son yelled at my five-year-old. My seven-year-old yelled at my five-year-old. He drops, like, Nava is notorious. He is the water king and the chips king. Like, he will spill chips everywhere. He will spill water. It's like his, like, he just does it. It's from, I don't know, since he was little. He just will be like, don't spill that. (laughs) Probably because we say, don't do it. And then water gets spilled and the water goes everywhere. And in the past, when I didn't know how to communicate properly, because I'm still learning, okay, don't get it twisted. I'm not over here preaching. I'm talking to myself as well. Every episode, I'm talking to Erica, to myself. So I was like, Nava, come on. Like, I would get like, come on, Nava, because the water's spilling, spilling. And as it's spilling, he's staring at the water. He's freezing. He's going into a stress response. He's not like, ha, 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 who cares? He's just like, shit, I spilled the water. And he doesn't know what to do. Flight, fight, or freeze, right? So he is freezing. He's doing that, that survival response. And I'm like, Nava, 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 come on, open. Oh my God, the water, the water. And I'm freaking out my own survival shit from my past and my upbringing. And he's frozen. So what does my son Raven see? Raven sees me doing that in the past. So the other day, he hadn't spilled water for a long time. He spilled water. And I hear Raven, Nava, pick up the water, Nava. And Nava's just frozen looking like, and I'm like, baby, it's okay. I'm like, Raven, it's okay, bub. I'm like, baby, it's okay. You spilled the water. We're just going to pick it up. And I had to, I took them both and I had to sit them down. I said, listen, mommy in the past has yelled and been like, come on, come on, come on, rah, 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 that crazy rush tone. And you probably picked up on that Raven, but that's not how I need to communicate. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I did that because you learned that from me. And that's not the way we want to communicate. See how he didn't move. He was frozen. He was scared. And that's a, and I started teaching my seven-year-old. After that, we had a little shower together and we were talking. And I was like, baby, let me tell you about the, the, the stress response. And we started talking about flight or freeze. And, and what is it? Fight, fight, and freeze. I can't I always mess those up. Anyway, there are three responses that we do, the main responses. And I started teaching him about that. It was a great opportunity to teach him and take responsibility for what I had taught him. It wasn't a good thing. But I can't just say, don't do that, and then I'm doing that. 
I can't just say, I want you to be more confident. And then I like sit back in my chair and don't do confidence. I don't show them what that's like. And so as much as we don't want to hear it, we have to hear it. Like this is the work. If you're listening to this podcast, if you found me somehow, you're doing this work. You chose to do this. You're doing this. And guess what? When you see it, you can't unsee it. When you learn it, you can't unlearn it. So it's hard. And I give it up to you for doing this and showing up in this way. But let's keep going with this. Let's look at where are we showing up in a way that is not supporting our kid. It has to start with us. We, we can't teach them something we're not doing. We're not embodying ourselves. So that's number one. That's the real deal. So we first have, that's number two, sorry. The first one is we have empathy. We want to really understand the world of where our kid is. If your teenager has TikTok and LinkedIn, LinkedIn has TikTok and Instagram and Snapchat and all that, it'd be great if they were using LinkedIn. They are not. They're using the other platforms, right? Have empathy because that's hard. And number two, start with yourself. It has to start with you. So be honest with yourself. You know, have you shied away from doing the work on when you lost your father? Have you moved away from talking about your sexual abuse when you were a kid? Have you drawn back? Have you left a job because you got bullied and you never dealt with that? And now your kid's getting bullied at school. I don't know what's going on for you, but these things that our children pick up, they're highly connected to what we do at home and how we raise our children. So that's really the place I would start. The next one is go read this book. Okay, this book is next level. I love Gabor Mate. Y'all know if you listen to the podcast that I studied with him uh, two years ago for a year. I did the Compassionate Inquiry training. Highly recommend it. It was incredible. If you want to be a coach or a therapist or you work with people, uh, people-centered work, Compassionate Inquiry was a game changer. And he wrote a book, Dr. Gabor Mate, M-A-T-E, called Hold On to Your Kids. And basically in the book, he talks about the peer group influence that if at home your kid is just being told off and yelled at by you and you are trying to control every aspect of their life, taking away their phone, taking away this, I'm going to do this. You're not going out and trying to control their lives. And why do we control, my friend? We control because we have no control. We're trying to control something we cannot. You will never control another human being. We struggle with our own selves. <laughs> we struggle with ourselves. You're going to try to control another human being. No, it's not going to happen. And how does that feel for that person being controlled? Horrible. They draw and pull back away even more. So when the parent, when the, the people at home, the caregivers are trying to control their kids, the kid goes, fuck it. I'm just going to pretend and lie to my family and pretend to be this good kid. Yep. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, whatever, whatever. Close off, close off, close off. Tell you nothing because you don't see me. You want to control me. I don't trust you. I'm not telling you shit. You don't like I'm not influenced by you at all. Yep. Tick the box. Yes, mom. No worries. Mm -hmm. Do whatever I got to do. And the minute that door closes and I'm out with my friends, whoever is the strongest in that peer group, that's the attachment. They get attachment with the peer group. Now that that leader in the peer group wants to do drugs. We're doing drugs. They want to go have sex with 50 people. We're having sex with 50 people. They want to join this cult. We're joining this cult. Like that becomes the caregiver. That becomes the people that influence and raise that kid now. And it's because they don't have that attachment at home. And in order to have attachment, we need to have attunement, to be attuned, to be regulated with your child. Where's your kid at? Your kid comes home and slams the door. What do you make that mean? Is it about you? Do you go into how dare you in my house slam that door? Do you go into how dare you do that to me? Or do you go, wow, my kid is upset. I wonder what happened. Hey, baby, you good? 
Are you are you okay? What's going on for you? Trying to get their world. Or are you so offended that that happened in your house, on your watch, la, 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 and you go into yourself? Do they feel the compassion and the empathy that we started with? That's what I said at the beginning, compassion and empathy. Are they feeling that from you? Or are they feeling the judgment and the how dare you and the control? What are they feeling? What do you make it mean? There's, there's three questions. I always share this with my sisterhood ladies in my program. It's what happened? What did you make it mean? And what else could it mean? Your kid comes home, slams a door. What happened? Kid came home, slammed door. That's what happened. There's no emotion there. There, If I'm watching, if I'm the observer watching a TV show on a screen, I'm like, oh, child walks in, child slams door, parent sees child slam door. That's all that's happening. Now, what did you make it mean? My kid disrespects me. He's always angry. He never talks to me. This kid, blah, blah, blah. The meaning that you put on there is dependent on your perspective and your projections and what's going on in your world. And so the third question is, what else could it mean? What else could it mean? Well, when we get curious and non-judgmental, curiosity is perfect. Kids are curious, right? Little kids, they're like, oh, why does that woman look like that? And we think they're trying to make fun of somebody's weight, but they really genuinely, cons- like, hey, oh, that's nice. How come that's happening? Why is this like that? They're not coming from a judgmental space. They're curious. Hey, I'm asking a question. Why does that happen? What about this? What if you got curious? What else could that mean? I wonder how they went at school. Maybe something embarrassing happened to them and they just walked in and slammed the door. Every time my kid is like that, that's what's happened. Something's happened to my son with a friend at school on the soccer field. Has nothing to do with me. And I've made it in the past mean like, you're so disrespectful to me. How dare you? Disconnection. Disconnection. You know, don't talk to me like that. Brava. Disconnection. Distrust. Moving away more. Moving away more. Like, man, my kid couldn't get further away from me if we do that. And so what happens? They find the likeness. They find the tribe. They find the connection with their friends. And they're seeking leadership. Don't get it twisted. Children are seeking leadership. They're just not seeking dictatorship. They're not seeking to be controlled. They want, they want to be led, but they also want that independence. My son, my five-year-old, dresses himself. Ooh, and I have to catch my ego, my friend, because he'd be looking crazy. He puts his pants on backwards. So you know the place where you tie your pants in the front? It's at the back. Then his socks do not match. And then he has a pajama shirt on and he's got real crazy curly hair. Like he looks like Albert Einstein, like a Puerto Rican, Sri Lankan Albert Einstein. Like his hair is crazy. Un loco. Like it's all over the place. And he loves it. And I just be like, okay, don't make it mean anything. That has nothing to do with me. That's you. You get to be you, right? Like how fun he gets to be independent and learn how to dress himself. And I teach him, hey, are your pants on the right way or are they backwards? And he goes, oh, they're backwards. And then he might change or he might not. And that's okay. So we want to raise independent, resilient kids, but we want a helicopter parent and we want to control their every move. We want them to communicate and talk to us, but when they come home and they're upset, we make it mean something about ourselves. We want to teach them about self-confidence and owning who they are and creating this beautiful life and not letting themselves be led by validation and social media and body image. Yet we look in the mirror and we hate the way we look and we think we're not good enough and we have issues with self-confidence. Yo, it's got to start with us. 
we have to do the work first. We need to create, we need to do it for ourselves and we need to model what that looks like to them. I can't recommend that book enough. Uh, The last thing I'll say is this. Kids are looking for, these kids, teenagers, they're looking for something. They're looking for something. If you could find out what that is, and you don't need to ask them, what are you looking for? That's not what I'm saying. But if you could find out, what are they looking for? My son will act, you know, air quotes naughty. Like he will be naughty. He will be cheeky. He will be doing some bad boy stuff, right? And in the past, I would have thought, oh, he's a naughty kid. He's a bad kid. What is he doing? He's, you know, he's acting up. He has no respect. But if you pay close attention, he's looking for attention. Now, the attention that he's going to get is probably not the greatest amount of attention. Like, what are you doing? Don't do that. He might get told off right? Your kid might get told off if they're naughty or they're trying to be funny or they're trying to be the class clown. They're going to get attention though. And maybe they haven't got attention any other way. And maybe your daughter wearing no clothing or dancing on TikTok half naked or having a secret TikTok that you didn't even know about is her looking for attention. Maybe she wants to be validated. Maybe she wants to be seen. Maybe for whatever reason, we're busy. I had to catch myself. Yo, I had to catch myself in 2020. I had a meltdown. I was so busy doing shit, trying to serve the world on my phone. My phone was sewn to my hand, attached. I swear to God, my kid, it's like if my kid was going to say, what does your mother look like? Your mother looks like a woman with a hand and a phone. That's what your mother looks like. Mommy has a phone and he started doing his hand like this, like a phone pretending. And he was like three. And I was like, oh, that's not good. That's not good. That was the most truth I could get. My kid pretending to be me working on the phone. Now, that's not a big deal if I fix it up. I'm not going to ruin his life. But if I don't fix that up, if I don't see that I'm always on my laptop working, that I'm always on my phone, that I'm always preoccupied with work, that I'm always preoccupied cleaning the house, preoccupied with family and and trying to be, you know, the savior of my family and take all my family shit on my shoulders. If I don't notice that I'm doing that, after a while, it is going to impact the relationship on my children. If I have no boundaries and my family just rocks up into my house whenever they want, my 10-year-old, who's then going to become a 12-year-old one day, is going to be like, damn, anybody could just walk up in my house so I don't have to have boundaries? What's that teaching her? What am I going to be teaching her? We have to pay attention to these things because they're watching us. They're seeing what we're doing. And so if my kid was acting out, instead of being like, he's naughty, he's a bad kid, he's a troublemaker, he's a class clown, hold on, let's look deeper. What is he trying to get? And when you're attuned, when you're regulated with your child, You can't be regulated with your child if you're not regulated with yourself. And if you won't sit the fuck down by yourself and sit with yourself and be with yourself and understand yourself and get to know yourself and journal and do all the shit that I say on this podcast, I promise you, you don't know who you are. And how will you attune to your kid when you're not attuned to yourself? I can't say that shit enough. I mean it with love. I love you. But let's do this. We got to do this because nothing's going to change. There's no magical book or magical school or something we need to send our kids to. It's us. It's us. So I see girl wearing no clothes, trying to seek validation. 
What does she need? Is the father not in the picture? Is the mother not in the picture? Is, any, is anybody paying attention to this kid? Is anybody hearing her? Is anybody listening to her cool ideas? Or whatever she wants to talk about. I got time for you. Let's go. Let's go on a date. Me and my husband have been taking the kids on a date alone. Like one of us will take one kid and then we'll swap. Or both of us will take one kid. And we're just trying to spend some time to get to know them. Give them that space so they can share. So they know that we're safe. We're a safe place that we can land with them. And we can hear them and we can talk to them. Sometimes we get busy and I get it, my love. I know life is busy. I know it's hard. I know financially it's hard for many people right now in the world at the time of recording this. I know there's some shit going on right now, right? From all the pandemic and all the money and all the countries and all the fucking debt and all the bullshit and mortgage rates and working and money and bananas, $27 a kilo. I get it. <laughs> and so we have to work. And so maybe our kid is lacking presence. We're lacking presence. What's your child's love language? I love the love language test. I cannot tell you. It's so powerful. And if your kid's like, I don't want to do that, mom. That's cool. Try to figure it out for them. Answer as if you were them. You know your child. What, what, what do they love? Do they love words? Do they love hearing, hey, baby, you did a great job. I love that. You look amazing. How beautiful is that artwork that you made? Or, hey, I really loved what you did. That was great. Are they words? I'm words of affirmation. If you couldn't tell, communicator over here. Do they want quality time? They just want you to be there, uninterrupted presence sitting with them. My son, both of my sons, mommy, come sit with me. And I'm like, okay. And they just want me to watch fucking Beyblade. <laughs> they want me to watch Gumball. Uh, the shows I'm not interested in watching. And I try to sneak my phone and then I'm like, no. They just want you to be there with them. They want to know that you're there with them, even though they're doing what they want to do. But you're there. Your body's there. Your presence is there. That's safety. If I deny my child of that now at their five and seven-year-old age, at 15, watch out. They're not going to ask me to sit with them. There's a rebellion coming, and it starts when they're little. And if you already got a 16-year-old, don't feel bad. Let's not feel guilty. This is not about guilt. Guess what? People be like, I think I fucked my kids up. You know what I heard once? Your kids choose you. <laughs> I heard your kids chose you. So what if they chose you, and they knew who you were, and they knew that you had to evolve, and they knew that you sucked at XYZ? And that in the journey of them coming down and you sucking at XYZ, you were going to get better because you had to. I don't know. That makes me feel better than feeling guilty and making, oh, I'm a bad parent. Oh, what is that going to mean? It's too late. Never too late. It is never too late to work on yourself and work on that relationship. It is never too late to influence your children in a positive way by doing your own shit. Never too late. So don't feel guilt. Don't let this be about guilt. Do not feel guilty. If your child is really reacting, if there's a lot of dangerous shit going on, if there's drugs, if there's TikToks, if there's alcohol, if there's sex, if there's like rah, rampage, cool. The alarm bells are just a little bit louder for you. It's just a little bit more real for you. So consider that it's like, hey, I need you to really pay attention now because I'm going to turn this shit up. I'm going to smash shit down. Okay, I'm here. Hi, I'm listening. I'm hearing you. I'm here. What do you need from me? Trying to connect back with that child. And by doing so, also wanting to connect with yourself. You cannot bypass yourself in this. So I know it's hard. I mean, there's no freaking manual on how to raise children. I am not an expert at all by any fucking means. But what I can say to you is if you want your child to have more self-confidence, if you want them to stop seeking validation, if you want them to stop following the Kardashians and trying to look like them and wear filters and dance on TikTok and be half naked, we have to understand their world why? What's happening for them? What do, what do they need? Are we providing their needs? Can we? 
And if we can't, can we get some support? Can we get some support? And it starts with us. That's it. I'm going to do a podcast for teens because I got some words to say to my teenagers out there about influence, about social media. Specifically, I love social media. I have a very great relationship with social media. I use it very ethically and very clean and very healthy wise. And I go there for a place of inspiration and I go there to share hope and I go there for connection. And I don't think many human beings have a healthy relationship with it. And I want to talk about it because I think that it's important for teenagers to hear about it. And it's going to come out soon. So stay tuned for this. But I hope that this gives you some insights, some empathy for your children, some desire to find out what they're looking for. What is it they're really seeking? You know, when people do drugs, I, I speak to mothers who their children are on drugs and they can't get them off drugs and they've been in rehab. And, you know, some, some parents, it's so sad, have had to just, it seems like they've had to give up on their child because their child's not their child right now. They are under the influence. And they're going through a journey and their parent can't do nothing about it. And I can't imagine how that would feel. I mean, I, I feel that with my mother when she got really sick. But it wasn't the same. But she wasn't her. I, I don't know who that person was. And I couldn't want it for her. And I think that when we get to these places, when we get to these places where we feel like we lose control and, we're, and, we're, and it's gone and we can't do anything about it, I think that understanding why you know, we have a, a problem with drugs. Do we have a problem with drugs? Or do we have a problem with mental health? Do we have a problem with guns? I don't agree with guns, but do we have a problem with, is it the gun? Or is it the person that is pulling that trigger? Is it the mental health issue? Is it the pain behind that person that decided to do that thing? And if we could see that for our kids, that their behavior is a symptom of something greater that's happening. And that if we ourselves haven't dealt with our own symptoms, how can we be of service to that child? How can we sit in empathy and understand where they're coming from if we're not willing to look at our stuff? And so I hope that this podcast has given you some things to think about, some actions to take, some conversations, some responsibility, something where you can reconnect back to your kids and before doing that, reconnect back to yourself. I love you so much. Thank you so much for being here and I'll see you on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening. I freaking love you. I appreciate you. Thank you for your ears and your energy and your attention. Thank you for letting me into your world. And thank you so much for listening and tuning in to this podcast. There are so many podcasts you can listen to. And I deeply, deeply, for real, for real, appreciate you listening to mine. Do me one big favor, one big thing. Please share this episode or this podcast with a woman who you know needs to hear this. This is my mission on planet Earth is to serve as many women as possible so that we could show up, stand up, speak up and create the confidence and the life that we desire. I appreciate you, my love. I will see you on the next episode. Thank you so much.